ask Evangelist Longmore just to join with us uh, this time and just to um, present the word of the living God and encourage us um, with the words of the Lord. Evangelist Longmore to us at this time in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you, Pastor James, and to all the ministers and all the saints of God, and especially our visiting friends. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, our soon and coming King. Um, truly, it is an honor tonight just to uh, minister the Word of God one more time. Hallelujah. Uh, especially after such a revitalizing day, hallelujah, such a great time in his presence uh, this morning, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel so charged and just excited for what the Lord is doing uh, with us and through us. Uh, and I encourage us all just to stay focused and to be on one accord. Tonight, um, if we could just turn to the Word of God and look uh, for a few moments to the book of Haggai, and we'll read Haggai chapter 1, um, we'll start from verse 1, and then we'll skip over to another scripture. Praise the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can open it to Haggai chapter 1, and I will read in your hearing. The Bible declares, in the second year of Darius the king, and I'm reading from uh, the King James Version uh, this time. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, this people say, the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. My God. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much. And lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why? Say the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that is waste and you run every man unto his own house. Therefore, the heaven is over you. The heaven over you is stayed from the dew and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, 
and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel the son of Shealtel, and Joshua, Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, in the four and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One more scripture and we'll hear what the Lord will say to us. Just if we go to Second Timothy chapter 1. And we'll read just a few verses from verse 3, 2 Timothy 1. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Hallelujah. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God. Praise the Lord. For a few moments tonight, I would like to speak to the people of God from the topic, Don't Settle, Stir. Don't Settle, Stir. If you could just say that wherever you are, out loud to yourself, or if there's someone in the room, look at them and say, don't settle, stir. Praise the Lord Jesus. As we look and examine the scripture that we've read tonight, Haggai chapter 1, this scripture comes within the context of Jewish history. At a time when the Jewish people were still living in a state of bondage and slavery. The Jewish people had been warned many times throughout the ages. At first by their prophet Moses and many other prophets coming down the line. That if they decided to break contract or break covenant with God, then 
they would be turned over to the hands of their enemies. Uh, they would be given over to a cruel nation, a fierce nation, to men who would have no mercy on them. If they continue to uh, serve false gods and bow down to idols that they created from their own hands, that they cut down from a tree and fashioned into an image, if they continued in this lifestyle and in these foreign practices, that they would end up in slavery and they would end up in captivity. And so the people of Israel continued to kick against the word of God. They continued to reject his word and reject uh, his prophets. And so the Lord sent an edict that his people would be removed from their land of safety and scattered into many other lands, into foreign lands, into places they've never even been. And so the Bible teaches us that the children of Israel, under the hand of King Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king that ruled uh, the nation of Babylon. He, that was his, 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 uh, where his throne was, was set up and established. And from there, he advanced his kingdom into uh, many other uh, nations around the world. And at that time, he was uh, the emperor or king, ruler over uh, most of the known world at that time. All the nations were subdued by him. And just uh, as a point of, of, of history, Babylon is ancient-day Iraq. For those who are uh, interested in geography and knowing um, where certain places are in the Bible, you may hear that word and it may not make much sense, but Babylon is modern-day Iraq. And so Nebuchadnezzar brought the children of Israel from their land into the land of Iraq or, or Babylon and had them as slaves. And so as they were living in slavery, the scripture says uh, that there was a prophet named Jeremiah who prophesied that they would be gone for 70 years, seven, zero, 70 years. And during that time, uh, they would be treated harshly. Uh, the treatment they would receive would make uh, how they were treated in Egypt look like a joke. It would be so harsh. It would be so devastating that uh, they wouldn't even want to write about this or talk about it to anybody. And so as they lived in this bondage, in this captivity, their desire, their, 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 their complete aspiration was to be back in Jerusalem was to go back to the place where the temple was built. Because it was at the temple where God said to Solomon, I'll put my name here. And whenever you pray, wherever you are, if you just face the temple, I put my name and my presence on the temple so that when you pray, I will hear from heaven and send a release. I'll send the answer that you're looking for. As long as you're positioning your face towards my presence. And so it was devastating because not only were they removed from Jerusalem and Judah and this place of safety and this land of promise where, where the kingdom was uh, expected to thrive and flourish. They not only were removed from their homes and from this place of safety, that very house was destroyed. 
The very place that God said, I put my name and my presence was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar. They completely burned it down. And so now they have nowhere to pray to. They can pray in that direction, but the house is not there. And so the men and women and children of Israel are now in these foreign places. Some are still just longing for the day to go back, longing to be back at home. But the prophecy is hanging over their head. 70 years will you be in captivity until the time is fulfilled. And so the Bible tells us that after 70 years, you see, whenever the Bible gives a prophecy and whenever God speaks a word, as sure as the night follows day, that word will be performed. The reason that it will be performed is because it leaves the lips of God and nothing that leaves the lips of God can ever come back to him void. Meaning that word cannot come empty handed. It must bring the desire that God sent the word to accomplish. And so God, to show his absolute sovereignty, spoke through another prophet named Isaiah. 150 years in advance so that men would know. In Isaiah chapter 45, God speaks to Isaiah and tells him, listen, speak to a man named Cyrus. Oh no, he's not born yet. He, he's not even on the scene. His parents are not even born yet. His grandparents may have met each other. But I want you to speak to Cyrus. Although the world may say, you're crazy. I'm speaking the things that are not as though they are. Because what I see is reality. And he says, Isaiah, speak to Cyrus. Talk about this man. He's going to be the one who will cause my house to be built after it's destroyed. Cyrus, a Persian king. Persian, when you hear Persian, that's modern day Iran. And if you know anything about Iran and, and Israel right now, they're mo one of the most bitter enemies. But God says, I want you to write to Persia and say, Persia, King Cyrus is my servant that I am going to bring up. And he will bring the declaration to build my house. And so we wait 150 years just to see this man come on the scene. And during this time, all hell seems to be breaking loose for the nation of Israel. There seems to be no hope. And it seems that this, whole, this house of God will never be built again. But just as the prophet Isaiah declares, and just as the prophet Jeremiah declares, the time comes. And the Bible would have us to know in Ezra chapter 1, that King Cyrus appears on the scene. And when King Cyrus gets here, the Bible says in Ezra chapter 1 and verse 2, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people, his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God 
which is in Jerusalem. And so Cyrus gives the order, men of Israel, stir up yourselves, get ready, because God is calling you to go back and build a house. And I can just imagine the excitement on their faces when they hear this king who's ruling over them say, I want you to go and build that house. I'm telling you, you can leave where you are now. Go back into your land and build the house. I can just imagine the rejoicing and the excitement that is on their faces as they're going back to Jerusalem, as they're going back to the city of the great king. They're going back to build what Solomon had built many years before. And as they go back, they begin to build the house and they start off with the altar. Anytime that you're going to do something for the Lord, it must always start with the altar. The altar must be prepared when you're, when we're going to rebuild a house. Whenever we're going to do a work for the Lord, we must start with the altar. Why? Because the altar is the place of sacrifice. It's where atonement is made for our sins. It's where we have transaction with God. Whenever Abraham had an encounter with God, he built an altar. He built an altar to call upon the name of the Lord. You can't call on the name of the Lord until there's an altar, until a sacrifice has been made, until something has been broken and killed, until our will has died. We can't call upon the name of the Lord and see the success that he has for us until the altar is built. And so he builds the altar. They build the altar. And these men begin to do what the king has instructed them to do. But somewhere along the line, some enemies come. And things seem good in Ezra chapter 1 and Ezra chapter 2. Even in Ezra chapter 3. But by the time we get to Ezra chapter 4, the Bible tells us that there's a setback. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, let us build with you. We want to be a part of this. Come on. We're excited. We want to, we want to join this work. For we seek your God as you do. We're, we're praying. We're fasting just like you. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esar Hadan, king of Aser, which brought us up here. We're sacrificing to God as well. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said to them, you have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God. But we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel. As King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah. When they saw that they could no longer build with them. When they saw that they could no longer join this building effort. Then they moved to the next stage of the attack, which was to weaken the hands of the people of Judah. And they troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, 
even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And during this time, the people began to lose the zeal. They began to lose the enthusiasm that they once had building with. And while they were losing this enthusiasm, while all of these counselors were hired against them, I can just imagine them sending men to say, you know what, this is not good. This is, this is you're working against the kingdom here. This is a completely different project. It's not in line with the kingdom priorities of Cyrus. I can just imagine them saying, listen, guys, what you're doing is not good. Don't you remember what happened when they tried to build this temple? And when God decided to scatter his people, why would you do this now? It's not the time to build. And they weakened the hands of the people. And somewhere between chapter one and chapter four, the enemy found a foothold. He found a way in. And he weakened them. And so as this is happening now, we see what, 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 what takes place. Is that once discouragement sets in, the Bible tells, tells us, continues that these people who started to weaken them. Now, the, 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 the men who were uh, governors amongst the Samaritans, they began to send letters to the king after Cyrus died and passed on. The next king, Artaxerxes, they sent letters to him and they said, king, these people are building against the orders that were set these people are building against the edict. They are building up this temple in Jerusalem. Now go and search King Artaxerxes and look what's happening now. Go look the rec at the records and see there were so much problems in this city. They rebelled against their rulers in times past. They did all kinds of evil. And this is why they're even scattered to this very day. And Artaxerxes, when he made... The, the inquisition, the inquiry, and realized, yes, this thing is true. He says, stop the building. And so the men of Israel, they listened to King Artaxerxes and they stopped building the house of God. They forgot all about the, 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 the report that came from King Cyrus. They forgot all about the word of God that says it's time to build my house. And they began to start building their own houses. They shifted their attention to their own house. The Bible declares that now in Haggai, they began to build their own paneled houses. Instead of getting wood for the house of God, their wood was going into their own efforts. Building house renovations, constructing second and third levels, doing all of this stuff to make their home look better. But it's during this time that the Lord sends Haggai, the prophet, and he says, consider your ways. Look, look at your own personal life. How are things going for you right now? When you work that overtime job, when you work two, three jobs to bring food on the table, do you see that everything is going well? When you work three jobs to pay for those bills, don't you see that the bills keep coming? It's as if one bill is following another. And by the time you cross off one, another one shows up. I'm telling you, consider, think about it. Sit down, think, why is this happening? He says, the money that you make, you put into a bag with holes. So whatever goes in, falls out. 
Have you ever been at that point in your life where it just seems like everything that you're doing, all the work that you're investing just seems to be going nowhere? The work of your hands seem to be working against you. God says, consider, I call for a drought on the land. I call for a drought in the mountain. I call for a drought on the corn. I call for a drought on men. There's a drought even in their prayer lives. There's a drought in every aspect. Because they stopped focusing on my kingdom. They stopped focusing on my house. Ah, the Lord says, I don't care what King Artaxerxes says. Haggai says, now it's time to get up. For the Lord says, I'm with you. Faith deliverance, the Lord says, I'm with you. The Lord says, I'm with you. It's time to stir up that which is in you. The scripture tells us in Haggai chapter 1, bless the Lord. In Haggai chapter 1, hallelujah, as we read earlier, verse 14, and the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He stirred up the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and he stirred up the spirit of all the people And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Hallelujah. The Lord is saying to the people of God tonight, what have you allowed to settle during your time of discouragement? Hallelujah. What gift is on the shelf? What gift have you put in your closet and shut the door because of the discouragement that you went through? Hallelujah. During that time when the fear of the enemy was gripping you and tormenting you and causing you to shut your mouth and fold your hands and lay your head down on the bed and focus on everything else except his work. What have you put to settle? What is settled in your spirit today? What gift, hallelujah, is the house lacking today because of your discouragement? Hallelujah. The Lord God is saying, it's not time to settle. Hallelujah. It's time to stir. Stir up that gift that God has. Somebody has allowed the gift of prophecy to settle within their spirit and now their mouth is shut hallelujah you come into the house of God you come onto the prayer line but instead of opening your mouth you shut it and wait for somebody else to speak hallelujah but tonight God is saying stir up that which has settled within you it's time to work it's time to get serious for the work of God for now is the time when God is about to pour out his spirit upon all flesh he's about to blow our mind he's about to reach into some dirty places he's about to reach into some grimy places into places where men are held captive by powers of darkness into some places they never heard the name of Jesus he's about to tear up the kingdom of darkness but he's waiting for somebody who's sitting in their settlement sitting in their settlement hallelujah God is saying don't settle stir and so the people of God through the word of the prophet are now stirred to work and during this time the enemy comes again 
And the scriptures would have us know, hallelujah, that by Ezra chapter 6, mighty God, there's some more people that come and they see them building. And they say, what are you doing? What's happening right now? How are you building when the king Artaxerxes told you to stop? Ah, they looked at the men and they said, we don't got time for what he said. We're going by the first word that was declared. Somebody needs to go back to the first word that God gave you. The night that you met God in your bedroom. The night that you met God in that church. At the altar when God spoke to your heart and told you to follow me. Somebody needs to go back to that word. Stop looking at the world that's coming from your situation. Stop looking at the world that's coming from your husband or wife. Stop looking at the world that's coming from the environment all around us. That's coming from the news. Stop looking at the world that's coming from your lack of the lack of employment. You may not have a job right now, but that word should not stop you from seeking the face of God and from doing what he called you to do, which is to trust in him. Somebody needs to put away the word of the fleshy king and pick up the word that was ordained from heaven past. Somebody needs to pick up the word, Makushandaya, hallelujah, that is in the spiritual realm. That word that Jesus Christ has spoken over your life. Somebody needs to stir up that word, Makushandaya, that's within you right now and begin to build on the foundation that has been laid. The Bible writer says no other foundation can any man lay than that which has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. If Jesus is not your foundation tonight, then I'm sorry to tell you, your building is going to collapse. If Jesus and his teachings is not your foundation, then I'm sorry to tell you, you can't stir to work in his kingdom. He himself must stir you up. Somebody who's struggling with the spirit of complacency tonight. You've been sitting back for too long. You've been sitting down and you know it. Too much dust is covering you right now. God says, get up out of your dust and your ashes. Stir up the gift. Don't worry about what's happening around you. About who says you can't make it. About who says you'll never make it. I want you to listen to my word. Drown out. Put in the earphones of the spirit. Turn up the word of God. Let there be no other word that comes into your spirit, faith, deliverance, international ministries, except the word of the living God. For it's time for us to go out now. It's time for us to win that harvest, to bring in those lost souls who are waiting. The harvest of God is not a physical building anymore. The Bible says that we are the temple of the living God. God is looking to build his house with souls. Someone who's drinking themselves to sleep right now. God is saying that's a stone that I'm waiting to put in my building. Some prostitute that's in a club. That's winding around. God is saying that's a stone that I want you to bring to build my house. Somebody who's sniffing one more line of cocaine tonight, Mashata. God is saying that stone is mine. It's in for my house, Makashata. But I can't get them 
Stop thinking you can't do it. Stop shutting down. Every prophecy that comes your way. This prophecy comes to you, Mama Shanda, to stir you up. This is not a prophecy, Manda Kasita, to make you feel good, Mama Shanda, to make you say, yes, Mama Hasata, and to eat your ears, Mama Sata, and say, wow, that was a good word tonight, and clap your hands, and five-five your friend. No, this word is to stir you up. <laughs> not to speak in tongues alone, but to get up with your hands and say, God, I'm ready to work. Father, give me hands to work, Mama Sata. Give me hands that will build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Somebody tonight needs to hear this word. It's not time to settle, but it's time to stir. Mama Kurabasibekitaya. We've all had it at times, that juice. We pour in the can of the juice mix and we stir it. And they tell us on the contents and the instructions, stir up, hallelujah, the drink in the jug. Because what happens is when you stir it, now everything is evenly distributed throughout the liquid so that when you drink, you taste the fruits. You taste uh, 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 just how sweet and how refreshing it is. When it's stirred is when it tastes good. And they understand this. And that's why there's some things that when you buy it, it says shake well before using. Why? Because there, there, there comes a time when things become dormant in our lives. There comes a time when after we've gone through a period of depression and a period of isolation, a period of hopelessness, hallelujah. The anointing begins to go dormant in our life, that anointing begins to settle on the floor of our heart, hallelujah. And now we taste insipid to God when he wants to taste our anointing, when he wants to taste our worship, when he wants to taste our praises, manda. When we pray to the Lord, it tastes insipid to him because the anointing has settled. But God says, don't allow your situation to cause you to settle. He says, stir up the gift that is within you. Because once you begin to stir, the contents will come up. Once you begin to stir, the anointing will begin to flourish. Once you begin to stir, life will start to come back. He went down into the valley of the dry bones. And the spirit of God began to stir those dead pieces. Mama Kusibakata. I speak to somebody whose soul and mind is scattered tonight. It's been divided. You've been so oppressed by the enemy for so many years that one part of your mind is in two, 2007 one part of your mind is in 2018 and one part of your mind is dragging itself through 2020 somebody's soul was one with one man mighty God from five years ago another man from 20 years ago and right now you're still looking for another man I come to tell you like the woman at the 
well. There's only one man that you need. When he stirs you up, Mama Shanda, that well that's gone dry. When he stirs it up, Mama Masata, there's going to be life again. There's going to be new meaning. There's going to be hope. There's going to be revival, Mama Kashata. And he's not just stirring you up for you to feel good. He's going to stir you up to bring more to him, to bring glory to him, Mama Shata. That's why the woman couldn't just stand at the well and say, thank you, Jesus. You're the Messiah. I'm so happy. And build an altar there. No, she ran back into her city and she says, all the men, come see a man which told me everything I did. Is not this the Christ, Mama Shanda? Somebody's waiting upon you, woman of God, to be stirred up, Mama Mashata. Some woman, some man is waiting upon your testimony, Mama Makasata, to know that God is able, that he has the power to deliver somebody who's still struggling with some addictions. The addiction to perfectionism. Somebody's still struggling with that perfectionistic ideal that if I don't do it right, they won't accept me. That if I don't do it right, I have no place. But the Lord is stirring up someone tonight to go and tell them with all my imperfections, with all my flaws, Jesus still gave me a drink. Jesus still said, here's the living waters. Somebody needs to know, you don't got to get right to get with God. What you need to do is bow down and say, Lord, I'm wrong. I need you to make me right. You can't do it alone, but it's him, Mama Mashanda Labakataya, that's going to stir you up. Paul said, Timothy, stir up the gift of God. Mashanda, Rabakutamahasantaya. I come tonight to tell the men and women of God, stir up that gift that God has put in. Somebody tonight, hallelujah, 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 has been, been dormant for too long. And Jesus Christ is saying, it's time to stir. It's time, Mama Hashandai. The time has come. You see, in the days, hallelujah, of Haggai, the building, the house of God had been dormant, they say, for about 16 years. For 16 years, the focus had shifted to me, myself, and I, Mama Kusataya, who has been sitting, uh, staring at themselves in the mirror for 16 years, focus on themselves, Mama Kurabasikataya, my job, my career, hallelujah, my passion, my goal, my dreams, my gift. God says, take your focus off that. That can't bring you uh, any pleasure. It can't help you, Mama Shandaya. But when you decide now to lift up your hands, hallelujah. And to give them to me, Mama Sata. My anointing is going to cover those hands and it's going to do miracles, Mama Shandaya. I'm speaking to somebody who has the gift of miracles locked up inside of you. You're going through so much because there's a miracle waiting to be released, Mama Sataya. Somebody tonight who's gone through depression, anxiety, suicide, heart failure, Mama Shandaya. You've gone through so many things. You're saying, why, Lord? Jesus says it's because the gift of miracles is within you. Mama Shandaya. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Makurava Sata. Stir it up. Mama Mama Makasata. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Open your mouth right now, wherever you are. Hallelujah. And begin to stir up the praises of God. When we begin to stir up our mouth, mouth praise. Mama Sata. 
Shanda. The Spirit of God will move, Mama Shata. Stir up that dead praise, Mama Shanda. Stir up that dead praise, Mama Makata. And begin to magnify the name of Jesus Christ. As you begin to lift up his name, the Holy Ghost is going to move, Mama Shanda. The Holy Ghost is going to pour out, Mama Shata. You're going to feel a revival, hallelujah. You're going to feel a bringing up, Mama Masika. There's going to be a bubbling, Mama Shanda. Some tongues is going to come, Mama Shata. Somebody who hasn't got the Holy Ghost, Mama Shata. Just begin to open your mouth. Say, Lord, stir up my lips, Mama Shata. Stir up my heart, Mama Shanda. And begin to magnify his name, Mama Shanda. And as you do that, Mama Sata, the Holy Ghost will fall, Mama Sata. There will be a rain that comes upon you, hallelujah. There will be a release of glory, Mama Shata. I speak to faith deliverance tonight, hallelujah. Receive the word of the Lord, Mama Shata. Receive the stirring up, Mama Sata. Mama, Mama Sikata, Rabba, Baba, Baba, Santia, Rabba, Kata. Receive, Mama, Mashiach, Kata. Rabba, Subikita. Rema, Mama, Subikita. Yalaba, Subikata. Liba, Baba, 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 Robo, Siama, Hataki, Arabasita. Don't talk negative words to your own mind anymore. Mama, Kusata. Watch what you say to yourself. Akurama, Sandalaba, Sikataya. You're a child of God. Don't allow the words, Mama Kushandaya, of somebody else's father to influence you. You're a child of God, Mama Shata. You're not a child of the devil, Amaha Sata. I know you may have feel abandoned by God, but God says, I'm with you, Mama Shandaya. That's why he came and he told uh, Haggai to speak to the people, I'm with you. You may have felt like I left you, Israel, but I made a covenant, Mamba Rohu Sabakata, with Abraham that I will never break. You are my children, say the Lord. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Somebody who needs the Holy Ghost tonight needs to hear this. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will be with you, says the living God. Somebody needs to receive this word. Hallelujah. Receive this word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That God is with you. God is with you. I want you to personalize it and say, God is with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is with me. God is with me. Hallelujah. So what can stop me? What can stop me? Tonight, as I close, I echo the word. Don't settle. Stir. The world is waiting on a church that's stirred. The world is waiting on a man, on a woman that has been stirred by the spirit of God to bring revival. And deliverance to those who cannot help themselves. God bless you tonight as you stir up that which God has put in you. In Jesus' name. Amen.